tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Edwin Plotz. Edwin volunteered with Flatbush Cats to rescue and foster cats in Brooklyn, and he became TNR certified and has since joined a policy advisor to help people find solutions for affording veterinary costs. He now lives in Savannah with his fiance and two cats, helping TNR and foster in Chatham County while leading policy advisor to educate over 300,000 pet owners each month on how to give their cats and dogs the best care possible. Edwin, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hello, glad to be here. So first and foremost, of course, I have to ask this question. How did you become passionate about cats? (laughs) Sure. So, I mean, I've always been an animal person. Grew up with dogs and cats my whole life. And then when we moved to Brooklyn, we got involved with Flatbush cats. And of course, there's tons of community cats just in the neighborhood where we were. We were around the Crown Heights area at the time. And just seeing the need for so many of these animals that needed help. Uh, we were really eager to assist. And then in that foray, when we started rescuing and fostering, it was a really, really rewarding experience. And we kind of took that passion with us. And my fiance actually became like very involved with that particular organization. And I helped as much as I could. And then now that we're in Savannah, uh, we're doing, we brought all of that knowledge over here. Uh, Chatham County, where we're at actually has like one of the largest populations of stray cats. Um, so there's definitely a lot of work to be done there. And I synced up with Policy Advisor, who is just a phenomenal company that is really focused on making sure that people can afford how to t- or be afford, yeah, <laughs> make sure that people can afford their veterinary care. Yeah. So just to get into some more specific details about Policy Advisor, tell me specifically what it is. And I, I'll just go on the record and say, you know, this is not an advertisement. This is not a sponsorship, <laughs> but it's just trying to share information about what you're doing as a new entrepreneurial company, relatively new, I would say. Sure. Yeah. We're definitely a startup. So Policy Advisor is a free platform, tool, marketplace, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's basically like Priceline, but for pet insurance. And so one of the problems with pet insurance is there's so many providers, it's really hard to understand which one's right for you, which one's right for your pet. And it actually comes down to what breed specific health risks uh, your pet has, your age, your pet's age, location. So there's a lot of variables at play and it's really hard to just say, oh, this is the best one for you. So our platform allows people to be able to enter their pet's information. Then we run the analysis across hundreds of different policy variations from top providers to help pet parents understand, oh, these are how these plans uh, stack up for me. So they can uh, better understand, oh, this one is maybe better because of my pet's breed, age, or location, or maybe there's specific health risks that this one covers better than the other one covers. And we also actually project lifetime costs uh, because a lot of these pet insurance companies, they have different rates at which their costs will increase over time. And that's really important for you to know, because unlike car insurance, you don't want to hop around to get a better rate because pre-existing conditions are something that's never covered under pet insurance. So it's really important to match yourself up with the right provider one time and stick with that plan for 
basically your your pet's entire lifespan. For folks who don't know, you know, specifically, what is pet insurance? What does a pet insurance plan really involve and how much does it cost? Sure. So how pet insurance works is you will go to any veterinarian, any licensed veterinarian uh, in the U.S. And when you're enrolled in a pet insurance policy, you'll have the option to submit a claim to that company after your vet appointment, after the treatment takes place. They will then reimburse you for covered costs, which are really anything that's unexpected. So if your pet accidentally eats something and there's, you know, that it shouldn't have, whether it's a sock or something poisonous, um, if it hurts itself or gets bit by another animal, or of course, if it just comes down with a disease because of maybe, you know, interactions with other dogs in the dog park, or maybe it's even something hereditary that was just undiagnosed previously and it ultimately developed. Any of those things that are unexpected would be covered under pet insurance. And you have the option to select how much you'd want to be reimbursed and what kind of deductibles you have to play with. So it's really helpful then for, as a pet owner to understand that you, you can have the peace of mind of knowing that when an unexpected veterinary cost arises, and sometimes they can be quite expensive, that you will be reimbursed 70, 80, 90, sometimes even 100% of that covered cost. One question that I get a lot is, does pet insurance cover for spay and neuter services? It does not cover, most often it does not cover for spay and neuter services because that's not an unexpected accident or illness. Generally, pet insurance is framed under these two plan types where one is accidents only, the other is accidents and illnesses. Now, a lot of them do offer wellness plans as an add-on. So you could, for an additional fee, sometimes it's like $10 a month extra or something, you'd get access to routine care reimbursement. It would not work on a percent scale like the standard coverage does, but you would still get funds back for routine care items like spay and neutering, vaccinations, annual checkups, sometimes like heartworm prevention, smaller things like that. So tell me more about you know, health insurance for cat, health insurance. Oh my, Freudian slip there. (laughs) Pet insurance for cats. Do a lot of cat owners actually get pet insurance? Yes and no. Only right now, something like 3% of pet owners have pet insurance in the US. And part of that is because a lot of people just don't know exists. Others just don't realize that it's evolved in the last five or so years to be actually a really good product. And now for around $20 to $28 a month for cats in particular, you can have access to coverage, which can come in quite handy considering most cats are going to run into periodontal issues. Many cats will develop other health conditions as they age. uh, And this is something that you can have then for your lifetime. The pet, when it gets up to a 16-year-old cat and you're starting to deal with some of those issues... Even the diagnostics of, the, of those things that are unexpected would be covered. And so it really helps you be able to take care and investigate, hey, what's what's going wrong here and how can I make it better? We had talked a little bit before when we spoke earlier about whether you needed to identify, like if you had indoor-only cats, indoor-outdoor cats, or outdoor-only cats, you know, is cat insurance, pet insurance, mm-hmm. is it only available to indoor-only cats? Uh, it's not. You can have pet insurance for a cat that goes outdoors as well. Same like you can have for a dog that might go outdoors. I think it's 
It might even be more important if you have a cat that you let outside because it's more likely to encounter you know, other dangers outside that are kind of out of your control. Um, but indoor cats are also can really benefit from the, the, this particular coverage just because of natural congenital issues. Um, you know, they or if God forbid they eat like a lily or something. You know, not everyone is super aware of the kinds of plants and, and other things that cats can't eat. Yeah, I had a cat that enjoyed part of a geranium and I learned the hard way that that was not a good idea. I know. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, she, she didn't pass away. She was fine, but she was very sick for a while there. So it was, oh, it was not, not my best plant purchase for sure. Yeah. My cat actually, uh, on that same note, my cat ended up being diagnosed with stomatitis, uh, which is a periodontal disease. Basically it's like an autoimmune disorder where they're gums are kind of like attacking their own plaque and just causes a lot of inflammation in the gums. And because of that, we unfortunately had to have all his teeth removed and that cost at least $1,200. I want to say it was maybe because it was done in intervals uh, in terms of his tooth removal, but you know, that was a hefty expense that at the time uh, pet insurance would have been super handy to have to be able to say, okay, I know that I'm going to get 80% back. Something that pet owners should also know, it can be off-putting when you think, oh, I still have to pay for this and then wait for the reimbursement. There are options that allow you to front the cost into a financial vehicle like a care credit card, uh, which is like a veterinary financing plan. They generally allow, if you're accepted, you can use it immediately. So if you're at the veterinarian and you're like, oh my God, I have this you know, $500 bill I, don't, I can't afford or a $1,000 bill, you don't want to pull out of your bank account or you don't want to put it on your own credit card for whatever reason. You can generally apply for a care credit option and have access to that almost immediately. And something like 22,000 veterinarians in the US use care credit or offer the ability to work with them. If that's the case, then you can put that cost directly on that care credit card Usually the value for those is that there's no interest for a decent amount of time, like 24 months or something. Now, in this scenario, what you would do is you would front the cost onto a veterinary financing option, like care credit card or, or scratch pay or something. And then you basically just wait a week or so until you get reimbursed. And so it's like your bank account is never touched. Now you're reimbursed that, you know, say 90% of the funds, you use that to pay off the bulk of the care credit. And then you have a much smaller balance left on that and still have X amount of months of zero interest to pay that off. And so it becomes like a more, much more fluid situation where you can address immediate veterinary costs without going through the stress of either going over on your own credit card, withdrawing your savings uh, while you're waiting for pet insurance. And you know, just, just to make people aware that pet insurance is a very helpful tool. Veterinary financing is a very helpful tool. When they're combined, it does create a very a unique situation where they're, they really piggyback and help each other. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are, you know, real people? Look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org slash cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. Could your animal welfare organization use a tune-up? Humane Network can help. 
You can get a free 30-minute consultation to talk through your challenges and get ideas on how your organization can be more successful with less stress. From board development and fundraising to strategic planning and operations, Humane Network has got you covered. Whether you are a large or small, nonprofit or government, it's a live and thriving program led by a certified animal behavior consultant features specially designed training for shelter and clinic staff on enrichment, stress reduction, safe animal handling, and behavior modification. With Humane Network, you receive individualized advice and support customized to meet your organization's unique needs. And Humane Network can lighten your load by taking on fundraising, communications, and other tasks you struggle with. Contact Humane Network today for a free 30-minute consultation. Visit humanenetwork.org. That's humanenetwork.org. Team Dubert is at it again, and now they have an amazing companion case management module that once again revolutionizes how you rescue animals. Dubert partnered with Dallas Pets Alive and the Spay-Neuter Network to build a powerful solution that allows you to manage cases of any kind. Whether owner surrender calls or emails, community cat tracking and reporting, Dubert is the only system that integrates two-way text messaging, automatic follow-ups, and even a rehoming solution that every organization can use. No more trying to manage 10 different technologies when everything is all in one place and tightly integrated. From fostering to transport, fundraising to e-commerce, supply and demand to case management, Dubert has everything you need to streamline your operations so you can focus on saving more animals. Check out the new companion case management module at www.dubert.com CCM and get signed up today. How do you, at policy advisors, how do you evaluate plans? I mean, how do you determine which is the best one to recommend? Yeah, so our stance is there is no one-size-fits-all pet insurance. And so what we look for are top providers who are reputable, generally that they've been around for a while, um, because then they're less likely to like change their policies as they figure out their own business model. Um, and we are working hard to get all the top providers on our platform. Uh, we've definitely seen a large increase in demand this last year. And so there's just like definitely a queue and we're, you know, we're doing everything we can to get as many of these providers into our platform. So that way we can offer pet owners the analysis capabilities that our free platform does. Now, when we actually rank them for a specific pet owner, we're looking at really two aspects that are unique to us. One is something that we call the coverage score. And then one is something that is called the lifetime pricing score. Those two factors are really important when evaluating pet insurance plans. There's something that you can see across all these quotes side by side in our platform. What we're essentially doing is looking at all the fine print nuances across the different policies and then looking at, well, what do we know about your breed? What do we know about the health risks associated with that breed? And then we also use, okay, well, where is it located? Because location has a really big effect on pricing. How old is your pet also has a really large effect on pricing and the scale at which the pricing changes over the lifetime. And then we basically run the numbers and are able to say, these plans have a higher coverage score because they either offer greater coverage allotments for specific conditions, or maybe they cover a specific condition more quickly than another. For example, two plans might cover a knee injury, but one of them might actually cover it 180 days after you enroll, whereas the other one covers it 14 days after you enroll. Well, if you signed up, you might say, oh, great, they both covered it, and you might think you're good, and then it runs into an issue three months down the line, you're going to be really frustrated when you find out, wait, are you kidding me? I got pet insurance. Why is it not covered? And then it's like, oh, well, in the fine print, 
that says that this specific condition has a 180 day waiting period or whatever it might be. And so we work really hard to uncover, make transparent all the minutia between these things. And that is factored into the coverage scores. That way a pet parent can understand if this has a high coverage score, I know it should address all my needs. If it has a low coverage score, it's either not addressing my needs or not really giving me enough coverage in case a event happens within a one-year timeframe. And then the lifetime pricing is based on our analysis of how these plans change their prices over time. So sometimes the plan that's cheapest today is not the cheapest in the long run because it actually escalates the premiums as your pet ages at a more rapid rate. And again, with pet insurance, you don't want to hop around providers because of pre-existing conditions. So you want to really choose the right one and then stick with it if possible. And if that's the case, you want to make sure that you choose a plan that really has the best lifetime pricing. So you're not just looking at cost today, this month, you're looking at, well, what is this really going to cost me across the lifetime of my pet? And you know, how old is my pet? How much longer do I expect it to live? Where am I located? Uh, what are the rates at which these things are going to fluctuate? We're able to provide that information to the pet owner and like save a ton of money in that regard because then you can truly understand, oh, this one is maybe 130% more expensive or estimated to be 130% more expensive across the lifetime of my pet. Even though when I'm looking at it today, the prices look pretty comparable. And so we provide that information to pet owners so they can make the best decision. How do you work with veterinarians? I mean, what's the relationship? Sure. So vets love us. Vets, you know, want to talk about pet insurance. Obviously, it like makes their jobs easier. Um, it makes their jobs easier for two points. One is they have a lot of hard conversations where they want to be able to run certain diagnostics or perform certain treatment plans that the patient just doesn't have the funds for. And oftentimes the veterinarians also don't have the funds to supplement this and are giving away free services. Um, there's a whole other tangent around how veterinarians are a very stressed uh, profession. And so the idea of pet insurance and the idea of being able to empower pet owners with protection to be able to do what's right and take advantage of like the treatment plan, the gold standard of care that the veterinarian recommends is really enticing. It's better for the pet um, and it's better for like the pet owner's you know, mental well-being and the veterinarian's mental well-being. Everyone kind of benefits from this. The problem is veterinarians don't know who to recommend. And they don't really want to recommend one specific provider. In fact, there's even like legal issues with someone recommending one specific provider if you're not a licensed insurance agent. And the last thing a veterinarian would want to have is to say, hey, you should get this particular plan. And then for whatever reason, that client or pet owner has a bad experience down the road, they're going to come back to their veterinarian and say, hey, you know, this was a horrible recommendation and now I don't trust you or something. And so veterinarians really appreciate being able to use us as a trusted objective third party. And basically we work with them completely, like everything about us is free. Um, luckily we're paid through the insurance companies, but I will say that all of our insurance partners actually pay the same rates across the board. And so unlike other sites, we're not negotiating these different rates with different providers. You know, we're not like, saying this one's the best because they pay us the most. When we recommend something, it's truly because the data shows that we think it's the right fit. Um, and there's not like a financial bias for us to push one of our partners over another. And when we work with veterinarians, we oftentimes either integrate with their practice and give them access to customized digital tools that they can leverage to help their clients walk through our platform online. And or we just send them uh, like physical print client education. 
whether in the form of brochures or one pagers, QR codes, things like that, uh, to help clients learn, okay, is this worth it? How does it work? You know, how do I go about comparing all these options? Uh, what are all the options that are actually out there? All that good stuff. What do you recommend for nonprofit spay-neuter clinics as well as nonprofit uh, adoption programs? I would say probably take the same approach as veterinarians. It's because there is no one-size-fits-all for pet insurance. Uh, you can run into issues if you're recommending one provider and recommending a comparison resource is going to be a better approach where a user can understand what are the options that are on the market and which ones align with me. And again, like, you know, this is not, in, this is not an advertisement, but it's just like kind of the conversation that, that needs to be had, but we're, we are a free tool. And so like we, we have worked with um, nonprofits. It's something that actually that like, whenever I, I talk with people and whenever my, my fiance who worked closely with Flatbush Cats and, and uh, was the foster and adoption coordinator there, you know, people would ask about pet insurance and like as a, as an adoption coordinator or foster coordinator, you run into the same issue where it's like, I have no idea who to recommend. And that's when a resource that gives you this kind of comparison education is really valuable. So what are the top cat breeds that really need pet insurance? Sure. So we actually just had one of our veterinary contributors uh, do a whole article on this. Uh, we have a lot of veterinarians that work with us to create content for pet owners. After speaking with Dr. Leela Batiari, she had mentioned that there's basically seven breeds that pet owners, if you have one of these breeds, you should definitely consider pet insurance because they're more likely to have hereditary conditions that would lead to costs. Those are Siamese cats, Persians, Ragdolls, Bengals, Sphinx, exotic short hairs, and the Scottish fold. What you'll find oftentimes is that across actually both cats and dogs, pure breeds are going to run into more health issues than mixed breeds. And so generally, if you have a pure breed cat, it should be something that you investigate. Obviously, if you have any of those seven that I just listed, definitely investigate it. Yeah. And as I, I mentioned to you earlier too, I was like, you know what, Himmies and uh, Persians, and I totally can imagine Sphinx cats having issues because they're probably cold all the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, got to so, lotion their skin and whatnot and make sure they don't get sunburned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, oh I, I have a list here. Apparently they're susceptible to hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, dilated cardiomyopathy. You know, I can go on a list of like these words that people probably aren't going to understand what they mean, but there's each of these cat breeds I just listed have a, a host of potential issues that they're at risk for given their, their breed. If uh, folks are interested in finding out more about the work that you're doing, how would they do that? Sure. So if you're interested in Policy Advisor, you would just go to policy.com, which is P-A-W-L-I-C-Y.com. Or if you wanna, you're want to, you interested in connecting with me, I'm always happy to chat, always happy to help and like help educate. Or if you're you know, in the area and want to sync up and talk cats, that's always good too. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my my name is Edwin Platts on LinkedIn. Um, so it should be relatively easy to find. And yeah, just send me a message. Super. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Actually, just the fact that we're recording this today, I would say it's kind of timely in that we 
this morning announced um, the success of a program that we are running at Policy Advisor where we made a major push and initiative to partner or team up with veterinarians across the country. And the results of that program ultimately so far have now helped educate over 300,000 pet parents or veterinary clients um, through these veterinary team ups. So it's been like a really successful program, again, completely free for these vet teams that are teaming up with us. And probably something, you know, down the line that I think we would make a lot of sense for us to, to sync up with, you know, shelters and, and foster groups as well. There's a lot, I think there's a lot of similarities and uh, that this program would be really beneficial for. Again, it's all free. So, you know, it's, it's something that's relatively easy to, to manage and, and get the information out there to people. Edwin, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today and for being a guest on the show. And uh, I hope we have you on again in the future. Thanks so much for having me. Love talking about cats. <laughs> That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Wow.